this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. I'm hitting record. Okay. Okay. Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave, semicolon. Hyperbolically dangerous domestic inventions. Go. Mm, this is a good one. So apparently, <laughs> some time ago, yeah. we came up with some really good ideas for household inventions that may not actually be all that helpful. This is definitely um, the really good ideas is in, in mockingly uh, absurd air quotes. Oh, right. really good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Like these are the types of ideas that usually require some kind of chemical inebriation to come yeah, up with. To come and up I'm with not right. saying that that's not where these came from, but but I'm not 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 saying that. I'm not not saying that. <laughs> so um, the first one that evidently I I came up with was uh, a dishwasher, pressure cooker, autoclave, all in one. Yes, <laughs> three in yes. one. Three in one. I mean, I think this is genius because we, for instance, have a an instant pot which yes. i was not sold on at first i was like this is going to be uh like medium-sized appliance that has to live in our fucking house and we're only going to use it for certain things and it's going to be a real pain in the ass and i don't uh-huh. even know why we're getting one of these and now i love it like i'm a fucking instant pot evangelist at this point uh-huh. so why like you can use your instant pot essentially as like eh, low-grade autoclave like uh-huh. you wouldn't necessarily want to rely on it to perform repeated surgeries but if you need to get pretty fucking close to sterilizing something in your yeah. house you could do it in the pressure cooker yes yeah uh, assuming it wasn't made out of like plastic or something it wouldn't melt we can do this with metal only um or glass i suppose you could do it with glass anyway uh a dishwasher gets real fucking hot like some of them have heating implements in addition to the hot water that comes in. Yes. They, like, yeah. They boil the water down below basically. Yeah. And then yep. they like heat up super high and then they have all this steam and stuff. And if you open the dishwasher too soon, you'll burn your eyeballs. Yeah. And like autoclaves are dangerous, especially the ones in hospitals. Like, Oh my God, did you know that people sometimes go into those in hospitals and then they get locked in there and then they get liquefied? No, I didn't know that. Wow. It happens. Yeah. Like before they had like, there was some lady at a hospital in the Twin Cities, I think, that this happened to, where she, like, went into the autoclave at the hospital, which is, like, a large room that you basically seal up, and the door shut behind her, and she got killed. Oh, crazy. That's fucked she up. She was autoclaved to death. So, like, I don't know that it's necessarily super smart to have one in your house. Like, a child could climb in it. Right, right. Yeah, they're definitely... Um, yeah, well, that's where the hyperbolically dangerous domestic invention comes into play. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, it's right in the name. Yeah. I like some of your other ideas, like the garbage disposal slash industrial food processor slash malt chipper. Right. So, the really important thing to worry about here is the same across all of these implements, like whether it's a wood chipper or a food processor or your garbage disposal or a three in one, don't put your hand in there while it's spinning. Right. I'm also imagining that it's like over the weekend, you accidentally chip a bunch of like poison ivy or poison oak (gasps) and then later you're making um you know you're using your industrial food processor to feed the rest of your uh your extended family for the like barbecue weekend or whatever the fuck it is right 
And we want to reiterate, you're not supposed to do that, right? I just right. want to make well, you sure you just want to clean it. This. You want to clean it first. Like it's okay. it's a three in one. So it is it it functions as any one of those things. You just need to make sure you properly use it. I mean, it would all be in the instruction manual, I'm sure. Um, right. You know, specifically how to clean it after using it for each. Because if you're using it as a garbage disposal, you know, you don't want to like say you throw some like, you know, I don't know, some raw chicken in there or something. And now everybody gets salmonella Ew. poisoning because you didn't clean it after using it as a garbage disposal before you create, you did used it for your industrial food processor. Right. I mean, <laughs> um, uh, you know, salmonella wood chips, maybe not as bad as a problem. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, like it's, if you're just, if you, if you leave the industrial food processing to prior to ever having used it for the other two functions, then you're probably okay. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Yeah. I knew someone who was standing. I knew someone whose dad was standing by a field that they were doing a controlled burn and there was poison ivy in the field and he inhaled the fumes and he got poison ivy in his lungs. Oh, yeah. That's not good. It's not good. I've, I think I've heard of that. That's That happens more often. Than Don't like. breathe the smoke. Right. Run away. Run away. <laughs> Wear a mask. Wear a mask. You should do that all the time anyway. Forever. Uh -huh. Forever. Yeah. Well, this ain't going away anytime soon. Um, yeah. I like your your redesign of a spork, which adds a scalpel to the spoon portion. Like so <laughs> it's so spork is S P O R K and you, mm. you specifically spelled out scalpel, so the S is for scalpel, the P is for the the P and spoon, and the orc is for the end of fork, right? So it's now <laughs> yes. a scalpel spoon fork. Right. <laughs> which is which is fantastic, but also just like antithetical to the rest of the usage of it because you don't want to be sticking a scalpel in your mouth. <laughs> I guess if you're really careful, you could use this. Just be really careful of that one side. Right, of that one side. Yeah. I sort of pictured it, you know, on like I don't know why, but uh, if you're looking at the spork in front of you, like you're yes. holding it up in front of your space and the bowl of the spork is um like arcing out away from you so in okay. other words you're looking into the bowl of the spoon spork yes uh the scalpel would be on the left side okay okay gotcha for right-handed use yes uh -huh. um yeah i guess i that's how i pictured it okay ambidextrous utensil i mean we could mod market some that have the scalpel on the right i suppose yeah um <laughs> i have this this makes me think of i have this uh pencil that's a left-handed pencil ah yeah and it it technically is and it meets all the hallmarks of needing to you know being useful in a left hand and the reason it's a left-handed pencil is that the writing on it that says left-handed pencil is oriented correctly if you hold it in your left hand if you hold it in your right hand it's it reads away from you right so you can't read it but nice. if you put it in your left hand then it it starts it reads left to right this is great yeah it's ridiculous it's so ridiculous um i mean we could have a spork that has scalpels on both sides of the spoon bowl for ambidextrous people like uh -huh. myself yeah yeah it, there's a burden on us ambidextrous people to be more aware of things at all times. Yes. Like scalpel, dual scalpel, fork, spoon, sporks. Sporks. Sporks 2.0. Sporks 2.0. Yeah. Um, I also, um, uh, I, I think that my idea for this came from the fact that you can get like heavy duty 
metal sporks that you use for camping. Uh-huh. Like I'm pretty sure I've got one downstairs, even though I hate camping. Yeah. Um, I like all the gear for camping, but I don't actually like camping. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, uh, it seemed to me like I, I'm pretty sure that the one I have is like made out of fucking titanium or like uh-huh. airplane right. grade metal or something totally unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking like, well, titanium is kind of this inert metal. Like it's really good if you're if, like, if you need a piece of your body replaced with something rigid, like yes. a bone or something to use titanium. And that got me thinking about like a titanium spork that could double as a surgical implement in like <laughs> times of emergency for like field surgery. And uh-huh. that's, I think where I came up with the idea for it. That's great. That's so great. <laughs> and absurd, obviously. Yeah, totally. Totally absurd. Yeah. Um, like recklessly absurd. Right. <laughs> uh, what else did I put on that list? Oh, you have um, so curbside trash can and hot co- compost landmines. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the landmine ones is really good. I I mean, um, how does that? How would that even work? So, it is a curbside trash can. Check. Yep. It is for hot composting okay (laughs) the landmine portion so and then if anyone steps on it it explodes i think if you lift the lid if you lift the lid gotcha so (laughs) as long so basically it's like a a it's like a disturbing or if you disturb the 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 unit then it will explode yes this is really bad for like squirrels and maybe alley cats <laughs> squirrels and alley cats the occasional raccoon yeah possums yeah. yep possums yep um sadly i like all of these creatures and so you yeah. know i think that maybe producing a <laughs> trash can compost hot compost slash landmine um might be an an event of last resort uh-huh <laughs> like only use these when all else have failed oh right right yeah um it would be funny if the landmine wasn't necessarily explosive enough to like kill you yeah but maybe just like temporarily maim you with hot garbage gotcha yes yeah um like incapacitate you knock you out knock you to the ground cover you in hot garbage it's like one of those quote unquote less than less the less lethal or less than lethal right. options. Right. Like, yeah. Um a, a new advent in urban guerrilla tactical warfare. Yes. Yep. Yep, that one's a good one. Yep. Um the other thing that I thought of that doesn't really have anything to do so much with like composting or garbage disposal or eating or uh-huh. field surgery is I had this idea like yesterday or the day before. And you know how my uh, dear su- sweet partner, Damon, kind of like sometimes doesn't get it when we're being sarcastic. Uh-huh. This was one of those times. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, I think I like interrupted him in the middle of a conversation to tell him this too. Where I was like, okay, hang on a second though. From now on, what I need is just a giant, like my head Yes, is like... Uh, wearing a hat a very large hat 
um, maybe that obscures my face. Uh-huh. And it's essentially a jack-in-the-box. And if you want to address me directly, you need to come over and turn the crank on my head box, uh-huh. at which point the jack will eventually like leap out and scare the shit out of you, which triggers a little door flap to open in the front, and then you can actually talk to me with eye contact. But you have to go through the jack-in-the-box scare tactic first. And like, of course, the whole thing with jack-in-the-boxes is that they're terrifying because you never know when they're actually going to come out and uh-huh. that would hold true here too so sometimes you might have to crank for a while right right, right. before i'm willing to come out and uh-huh. hear what you have to say <laughs> oh that's great see also cuckoo clock version uh-huh. <laughs> that's for when i feel like i need to keep a very tight schedule oh, right right yeah oh that's so great <laughs> oh i love With this that idea creepy like uh-huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> hi what can i help you with <laughs> you wanted Th- to speak to me this feels like um this feels like straight out of uh any of the movies that um terry gilliam has made for sure i think like it just i'm I'm going to be super disappointed if this was in one of the Hellraiser movies and I'm thinking I invented it myself, but in fact, it was like somebody else had this great idea first. Yeah, I don't know. I think the ja- <laughs> well, the jack yeah. in the box on the head, possibly, um, or like for a head, right? But mm-hmm. the part about needing to have that be a barrier to addressing you in any kind of personal way is definitely novel to my mind. Um, okay. I mean, does it matter? No, it's not like you totally got to corner matter. the market on that front anyway. It'll just be, uh, I mean, in some ways I'll be delighted that that's, that it's such a good idea that it's been implemented in some form in some art form. Yeah. I mean, I think this is like, obviously this is for daily use. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. So I like this thing is going to be like a, it's like a helmet, like a, um, yeah like a medieval armor helmet kind of thing yeah, that has a little yeah. flap on the front. Like or I'm like imagining diving suits. Yeah. I'm kind of imagining the, um, in search for the Holy grail, the Monty Python search for the Holy grail, the one actor, uh, the one knight has the, the little flap that's always open. Mm, yes. He's fucking hilarious. Yes. Um, yeah. I think also like the, great I can't thing remember who plays this, him, but yeah, sorry. It's like, if you're close enough to turn the crank on my head hat. Yes then you're also within strike zone of the jack that pops out. Yes, right. Like you have to you have to subject yourself to that. Yeah. I also think like another classic would be like the boxing glove that comes out and punches uh-huh. you before you're allowed to talk to me. Like I'm just preemptively punching you in the mouth for what you're about to say to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Or like we could go full on clown and have a seltzer bottle on like a big wobbly spring that just like kind of sprays everywhere when it comes out. It's <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just like a fire hose experience. Um, just a whole preferably with with like Kool Aid or something that stains permanently. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like pomegranate juice. Hmm. That's a good one. You could have um, like an entire gauntlet that leads up to anywhere getting anywhere near you. Yeah, like I really think I, I want somehow to invent a personal moat that just comes with me wherever I go so that people have to cross like I can lower a drawbridge and then they would have to cross the drawbridge in order to approach and talk. 
I'm writing this idea down because I think it's so genius. Yeah. So I, uh, this is one of the things I'm kind of excited about virtual spaces um, is the ability to implement such absurd ideas. Yes. Like wherever I go, I will always be surrounded by a moat. Yes. I kind of feel like our, we're missing out on a lot of opportunities in the virtual space to just be like chaos agents. Yeah. Yeah. Like you get your personal moat. Can we put like mini alligators in it or something? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It has to have alligators. Yeah. Why do we even have this lever? Why do we even have this lever? I like the, I would love for Halloween to make my Jack in the box hat and have like my inside face be something terrifying and also have the Jack that pops out be something terrifying. Uh huh. Yeah. I really like, I think it's, I think it's a source of like strange power to be so gothic on the inside, but so unassuming on the outside that like nothing gory or scary phases you Uh because you're kind of like giggling at it the whole time anyway. Uh Like I find Hellraiser movies just absolutely delightful and not at all scary. Uh huh. I want something like that. (laughs) Something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, if people think you're scary and they don't understand how you can tolerate being scary, you're really starting out at a massive advantage here. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you would. I you would really appreciate my friend who is a mortician. She definitely has a a good good bent on all of that. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Next time you're out here, we're going to make a point of going to visit the visit her at work. Um, oh, that would be so fun. Yeah, she said she would be definitely down for that. Obviously, COVID put a big hamper on all of that, but hopefully it... But why? Everybody there is already dead. Well, no, I know, but she works, you know, where she works, they have protocols and she can't just invite visitors in because they there are living people there who work with the dead, so... What if we do a really good job of pretending that we are dead people? <laughs> I feel like I could be excellent at this. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah (laughs) um other hats i would like to see include a top hat Uh with little people that sort of like exist on the brim of the hat like in miniature like a little scene or Uh like uh, like a little park or something how about a dollhouse oh that would work yeah that'd be good yeah Okay. Um, How, where is the hyperbolically dangerous domestic appliance portion of this? Mm, there's an electric fence around the border to keep them from falling off and to keep you from, like, you know, uh-huh. okay. running into them. Yes. An electrified, I, sorry, I forgot to mention this. An electrified fence on a top hat, inside of which are people, <clears throat> miniature people doing things. I like was having just, a picnic. Oh, that's funny. Or like, um, it could be like, you know, have you ever been on one of those restaurants that spins like at the top of that goofy building in Dallas? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Um, it could basically be like a spinning rooftop restaurant, except it's a hat on your head and to keep people from falling off the edge, it's electrified. And also people, miniature people are constantly choking to death because they never, ever chew their food well enough. And so you can't help them because of the electrified fence. <laughs> This is great. There will be death and dismemberment, even though all of the things are set up to prevent that exact thing from happening. Uh Uh-huh. 
It's like we're going to prevent you from falling off, but in doing so, we will also prevent anyone from reaching you should you choke on this food while going around and around on a hat. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think this is, you know, we could use hamsters if we needed. This is fine. This is going to be great. What I don't see what the problem is here. Have you ever seen those little Siberian dwarf hamsters do backflips? Um, I have not. No. It's cute. Is it? That sounds yeah. pretty cute. Um, other appliances, uh, I think that <clears throat> people still from time to time need to sand their floors and floor sanders are sort of like perilous machinery to begin with. Yes. Yeah. But they when really you are. Find them with, um, like, a a backhoe and, uh, like one of those super high powered lasers <laughs> yes for a de- like a depth finder maybe for the backhoe but uh-huh i haven't really worked out the details on this one okay um but yeah like something like the fl- i want to combine the unpredictability and unwieldiness of a floor sander with the lethality <laughs> of, of a, a laser and a backhoe <laughs> And a backhoe so that you can make a lot of damage very quickly. Uh-huh. That's where I'm going with that one. Okay. I haven't really fleshed it out yet. Um, I also think that uh, a thing that would be really good to install in your house would be a switch that turns your stairs into a slide. And I feel like that one is self-explanatory. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. 100%. That one is very self-explanatory. Um, it's got to have a dual switch too, like in houses where like you can turn up on or off the lights from the top or the bottom of the stairs. Yes. Yeah. Same thing with the slide. Um, I think the slide should also probably be some kind of like a surface that causes an, an extreme amount of friction so uh that maybe there's also potentially a fire hazard. (laughs) Yeah. So as you slide down, it heats up. Oh, yeah. Super hot. Yeah. Gotcha. If you don't have on your asbestos pants, which, of course, you should be wearing at all times in a house with a slide like that. Always have asbestos pants on. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a ladder that is... um, Oh my God. Can you hear my cat? He's like yelling for me because he can't see me. Where are you? Is anyone home? Hello. My cat needs an intercom system with video. Uh huh. Yeah. Cause he's deaf. Yeah. He said he sounds just like a person when he's like, hello. Uh huh. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. He's going to keep yelling the whole time we're doing this. Um, so here's something. Yeah. Um, a cat litter scoop that is electrified to vaporize whatever you scoop into it on contact. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also feel like a vaporizer tool for anything but scooping cat litter might be fairly dangerous. Yeah. Um like what if somebody uh, forgets and uses it as a salad tong or something like that? Right. I I was just thinking about um there's that movie uh envy 
when they yes. invent the spray, the like the vaporize, and then it ends up being yes. very toxic. And anyway, yes. I don't want to give away the whole movie, but uh, yeah, it's such a great movie. It's very good. Um, God, it's so good. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking about like existing existing home appliances that are already hyperbolically dangerous. Deep so, fryers. Deep fryers. Um, the entire like it's not really even an appliance so much as just the concept of deep frying turkeys um you know people deep frying frozen turkeys and and them exploding and covering everybody in hot boiling oil um (laughs) they're uh they're so (laughs) then more even more commonplace is like chainsaws um any kind of like power tool like a um lawnmower weed whackers gas powered weed whackers um yep. i used to when i lived in hawaii i we had gas powered weed whackers that had um blades on the end because that oh the jungle God. was so thick that you got we bought these like blade attachments so that they yeah, were there's no like, like plastic line here no 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 it was just a full-on like saw blade essentially at the end of a stick um that yeah. you just you know battle the jungle with and uh yeah i mean these things are just like they're they're just devastatingly dangerous and (laughs) and the hilarious thing about it is it's like in this day and age you would never like if chainsaws had never been invented and then we suddenly found ourselves in 2020 and i was like oh my god think what if we made a chainsaw and then you invent a chainsaw that you would be buried in um lawsuits like you would never be allowed to make that as a product today i totally agree i think like Oh my god, the only reason it's a thing is because it was a thing before people had any fucking sense. Exactly. Yeah. And now it's did like I, Yeah. Did I ever tell you about my only experience using a chainsaw? No. Oh my god. So <laughs> this was also what I'm the story I'm about to relate to you also is one of those stories like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast where it was like these ideas could have come from people who were inebriated in some Uh way yeah at the time i was not i cannot speak for the person i agreed to do this thing with yeah so what happened is a friend of mine who lives in the bay area was like keen on this lady and so he was willing to go to great lengths to get what he wanted from her we'll just put it that way that's not revealing too much anyway um he he wanted to get on her good side and one of the things that she needed to have done was uh so in this in this portion of california yeah eucalyptus trees are very common and there's eucalyptus forests and eucalyptus trees are like really hard to cut down but the wood itself is not great for making anything it's fucking terrible it's like trash right um it's not trash it's part of the ecosystem but yeah it's just the wood is not usable for anything and these trees grow to like 70 feet tall and they kind of look like enormous stalks of celery growing out of the ground where they all all of the stalks of the branches of the tree that grow vertically originate from a central point and then you can kind of peel off these giant portions of tree like you would peel off stalks of a celery stalk Uh or off a celery plant so the idea what happened is at this lady's house um she had this giant fucking tree in the front yard that was right on the border of her property and the neighbor's property Hmm. and there were a lot of storms and wind and rain and things at the time and um the once one of these trees they like to fall down like timber huge fucking tree yep 
big problem. And a 70 foot tall tree laying on the ground is like huge. It's massive. It's massive yes. problem. Yeah. It's like a built, it's like building sized. Yes. Um, and so like this tree, once one of the exterior sort of like trunks of the tree falls down, the yes. rest of the tree will follow suit very quickly if you don't do something to, to manage it. Yep. And so she had had wind damage to the tree and one of the big stalks had come down and fell in such a way that it wasn't causing any problems at the time, but it needed to be cleaned up. But that had weakened the rest of the tree. And so it was like, well, do we call an arborist or do we just like, you know, get all hopped up and do this ourselves? Uh -huh. well, obviously, we did it ourselves. Yeah. Um, so we had a large truck, a bunch of like rope, uh -huh. which is great. Yeah. This is like, we just have to need a truck and a rope and two people, me, I am very small. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same size as you, but we're yes. pretty small people depending on what the situation calls for. It's all about perspective. Um, it's totally about perspective. Re re relate in relation to a 70 foot tall tree that is threatening to collapse at any moment. I am a small thing. Yes. Um, the person I was helping to do this insane, insane project with yes. was um, taller than me, but also really minuscule compared to a large tree. And even the truck that we were using was rather small compared to the tree. Right. But through a complicated series of um, levers and pulleys and rope and cars driving in different op like opposing directions, we managed to pull down the entire tree without killing anyone or damaging any property. Hey. It was a fucking miracle. I think we succeeded by accident. <laughs> Once all of that tree was on the ground, it needed to be cut down into manageable sizes. And the only way to do that really is with a chainsaw. Right, and sure. my friend was very experienced with a chainsaw and I had never used a chainsaw. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got a quick tutorial on the chainsaw, which is not say it wasn't very helpful. Yeah. Um, basically, like, just don't kill yourself. What? Yeah. And so, like, there was a... I managed to make it through that day. I cut a bunch of wood into manageable chunks. Uh -huh. We moved all of the wood. Yeah. And I only almost cut my leg off at the thigh once. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and I know that it was an almost because I still have the leg. And I know that it was at the thigh because I watched it happen to myself. Uh -huh. And I still own the skirt that has holes in it where the chainsaw clipped it, but did not make it all the way to my skin. Uh-huh. I will never use a chainsaw again as long as I live. Yeah, I feel that's like fair. I won yeah. the chainsaw lottery on that one. Uh huh. And I'm just never going to pick one up again because, like you, I agree that they should never have been made. They're totally insane as far as like equipment that a random person can just buy. <laughs> They're totally unwieldy. Yeah. The only thing that could make them worse is like if they were shooting lasers and they were on fire. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, um, perilous there there's definitely a skill to using a chainsaw uh oh no my question. god i do not have these skills it's and they're they're yeah they're pretty gnarly um their ability to really quickly cause a lot of like bodily violence to you is amazingly like amazing it's kind of why i was oh saying god. like the you know they would never be allowed um in today's yeah. sort of like existing climate but um absolutely not which is why it's so hilarious that guns are just like yeah that's fine i mean this thing's designed to blow your head off that's fine right right um, quick that guy's got a shark get yourself a shark to protect yourself from all the other sharks all right uh, <laughs> god um what other things so i think that a car with no upper speed limit 
uh-huh oh just like it's just i mean though you know that's the that's the dream right like that's been the yeah. you know people have been building those things forever trying to make a car go faster and faster um mm-hmm. it has because this is such a dangerous vehicle yes it comes with a kill switch uh-huh. that is that kills you if you push it <laughs> right yeah so like you could be like this is way too dangerous i've just got to end the situation now and this switch is on the dashboard uh-huh. in this like overlaid where the pocket for the airbag would be on the passenger side uh-huh okay and it's a it's a toggle switch okay that's always in the up position and so to initiate the self-destruct you would just have to flip it down okay and it's absolutely 100 percent um put on the dashboard and arranged in such a way that if you ever use the front passenger seat for anything other than sitting yeah. like i don't know holding groceries or loading something into the front seat yeah it is entirely likely that you will self-destruct because <laughs> it's got like it's real touchy the tr- the little toggle switch uh-huh yeah i feel like um we're kind of like skirting around the whole uh concept of like really poor design um Mm. which is something we've talked about i thought for sure there was a book called f is for failure that was about bad design but i cannot find it um really i did must not be (sighs) did you have a dream and this is a book we need to write that's what i'm wondering um because i just don't i don't see f is for failure just doesn't seem to there's a couple of articles people have written with that slogan um but there are no books and i just thought this would be an amazing collection of poorly designed objects Um, yeah this is super great like anything that's ever been recalled yeah yeah we could go in the book um there there are some ideas i shared with you the other day about um things that don't work correctly that are designed to basically be failures. Yeah. Um, which we could talk about here as well, even though they're not like maybe due for cat catastrophic bodily injury. Sure. Yeah. Um, one of those things is I wanted to design a motorized umbrella that opens when it senses that there's rain, Uh huh. but in order to um, fully extend and, unfurl into an umbrella shape that you can use when it's raining outside it requires direct sunlight to power the motor (laughs) motor, inside (laughs) and so you've got a very limited window of time Uh possibly none at all to actually open your umbrella before the rain starts and there's not enough sunshine to power the umbrella to open itself there's there's like one kind of um weather condition that allows it to open which is to say that the rain is coming in sideways, the sun's still shining from the other (laughs) side and it triggers the mechanism that causes it to start opening as the clouds roll in and then cancel the sun just in time for it to be fully open. Something like that. That's it. That's something exactly like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, that's, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there was another one I had that I don't remember. It was in a, it was in a conversation we were having when I came up with it. Yeah. Or I texted you about it. I was thinking, um, you know, a lot of the objects there's for a little while, we were kind of like texting back and forth on Instagram about like, we were getting some of those design photos or whatever. And it was like, look at this amazingly designed kitchen gadget or whatever. And we would just be like outraged that someone would ever consider that to be a good thing at all. And, um, 
And I feel like that book could be a collection of those things as well. Uh, and since it's a parody, it mm-hmm. would be fine to use the media in that context because we're mocking them. Yeah. Which is a great kind of, I'm, I'm glad that that use is legally allowed because I just, how do we, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, the other one I came up with was a toaster that only works on solar power and takes eight hours to charge. <laughs> so when you get up in the morning and you want to use it for it's first like, thing in the morning to make your breakfast, you can't. It's only good for evening toast. <laughs> right. has to charge all day long. And then that charge discharges, like it dissipates yeah. extraordinarily rapidly. Uh-huh. Um, so if you don't, you you only have like maybe a 13 minute window gotcha. to actually make yeah. toast right. before all of the eight hours worth of daylight that you had saved up is just right. Um, you know, canceled out. <laughs> this is very much like solar powered flashlights and screen doors on, on, uh, on submarines kind of like thinking, but, but yeah. more nuanced and better. Yeah. Um, like a cell phone that you need to charge just to turn on. Uh huh. Yeah. And then the turning on of it sucks up like, most of the, yes, right, of the battery. right exactly <laughs> and you can't talk on it while it's plugged in it only charges when it's not in use uh-huh yeah yeah that's a good one too that actually is just how i feel like my real life is every day <laughs> oh yeah i was gonna say i have this cell phone um, this, is like, this is a true thing this is already happening right yeah you didn't invent that don't try to yeah. take credit for that idea <laughs> taking credit can be risky uh-huh <laughs> um <clears throat> what else uh i mean i like i think about um some of the contraptions like especially kitchen gadgets are just so wildly dangerous like uh blenders food processors um (laughs) yeah you know all of these things like microwaves i remember that uh my mom was staying at this place that had this microwave and it was, this is speaking of hyperbolically dangerous appliances or uh, it, it was um, so imagine like a modern sized microwave. Okay. So not the kind of like the cheapest one you can buy at X Mart and bring home to put in your dorm room, but the ones that like maybe your parents would have where it's like, you know, they bought it because they thought, well, it says you can cook a whole chicken in there. Maybe I'll try some of these recipes. And all they do is use it to heat up cold coffee. But, um, but you know, pretty big, right? Like a pretty big yeah. box. So pretty you have this enormous microwave yeah. in our house when I was growing up. So imagine a microwave that size. Now imagine that the control, the control panel on the side has uh, basically two controls. There is a rotary switch that's like you would find on a timer. <laughs> like a big you know like a kitchen timer kind of yeah exactly so there's one of those and then there is a um second switch that you rotate to set the power the power level yes and then the door of it doesn't have you can't see through the door so like most microwaves have a window now so you can like see in there right so it does not have that you can't see inside and the handle is a bar that so you open it from the top like an oven door and so it's a big bar and Ah. the bar and so this this microwave so when you pull the handle down like it takes two hands to kind of disengage the door and you pull this handle down inside of it the space that's actually the microwave space is 
like a quarter the size of the whole thing. So imagine like like you have this big thing, right? And then there's yeah. something that's like the size of a soup can space to actually put your food <laughs> to microwave. Like a little bit, it's a little bit more square and like, yeah. you know, like depth in that, but it's essentially pretty tiny. Like you could maybe fit um, a sandwich in there or, um, <laughs> you know, a coffee mug would just fit in there, right? Like it's not very big. Yep. Um, and so, but this is the best part. The door comes off right like it it opens up and then there's nothing that stops the microwave from running the door doesn't have any kind of safety switch where it's like you can't run it unless the door is closed you can totally run it with the door open no problem that's how that's how that lady died in that autoclave yeah it's just like so (laughs) (laughs) i'm like how does this microwave exist i i almost want to like look online and see if there's like photos of old microwaves when we were is is that all of the details because i have like Okay, I didn't want to cut you off because no, I remember a specific detail Wait, about the hang enormous. On. Listen, yeah. are you saying what? we don't cut each other off in this podcast? I don't know what you're talking derail. about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dignify that with a response. Okay. Um. So, the, similarly, we had like an enormous microwave. Uh huh. I was like, we we had to have supervision when we were using it as kids because uh-huh. you could just pull the door open. Oh, right. like it just yes. it just came open. Uh-huh. Like usually on a microwave, you have to like push a button that p- pops the door open. Like it's right. engaged in a locking mechanism. It doesn't. You can't just pull on it; and it opens. Yes. But ours, there was no like squeezy handle or pushy button or anything. It was just you just grabbed onto the handle and yanked it open. And, open, and if yep. your timer, like if you had set your reheated coffee for the third time that morning, uh huh to like a minute at any point during the actual cycle that the microwave was heating the food, you could just pull the door open and it would not stop until the prescribed time. Right. So you could just sit there with the door open. Yeah. Like nuking something. Yes. Yeah. And the microwave is just spraying out of there and, you know, warming whatever, you know, organic or polar material that was nearby. Yeah. Yeah. And we we got rid of that one and then we bought like a used microwave after that that was like a little bit more sophisticated. Like you couldn't open the door and if you did open the door, I guess it would just have an auto shut off so it would stop nuking something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But it's you could still open it in the uh-huh. way through the process. Yeah. The one that we had most recently. So now we're back in my house in Minneapolis. The one here, uh-huh. this is my microwave is the most sophisticated and easy to use microwave that I've ever seen because the buttons and how you like get the microwave to heat food, the steps you have to take to do it are actually sensible. I, I find most microwaves inscrutable or they have like a weird like setting for auto select. Like they've got a keypad that's as big as the number the numerical keypad, but each of them is a pre-programmed thing like popcorn. Like there's a popcorn button. Like you eat popcorn so often. It's a button. Uh-huh. That's nuts. There's another one like and I have noticed over time I should have started been I I should have been more like regimented about noticing these things and collected the actual oddities that i found because some are really weird like bowl of custard or something stupid where you're like who does who puts that in a microwave ever and why did you devote an entire button of programming to it on this fucking machine um god so like popcorn is one of them i think like fish is another one i've seen like which fish how much of it like who knows yeah halibut is not the same as like salmon or no, a no. lobster or yeah, something. Right. Um there's I also, yeah. There, yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say my grandmother had a, a microwave that had like a meat thermometer that like was an attachment so you could like oh cook whole roasts in it and stuff. It was ridiculous. Yeah. The microwave that I bought is like this super fancy GE microwave that I got from a scratch and dent sale because otherwise there's no way I would have been able to afford it. Uh-huh. And it came with these racks in it. Oh. Like wire racks. Yeah. The first time I tried to use my own microwave unboxed from the store untouched by human hands except for the last person who packed it up like never before been used the fucking like the metal shelves inside of it sparked like crazy and i was like who designed this crazy (laughs) right but the keypad is genius yeah yeah i I think all of the budget the like dev budget went to the keypad and not like what are we going to do about the inside of this giant microwave yeah well just put some shelves in it dummy So I still have the shelves, uh-huh. but like yeah. never going back in them. I couldn't believe that shit. Like what? How many people have started house fires because they're like custom, like the way that this microwave came from the store included a fire hazard Uh huh. in real life. It's not something I'm joking about. This actually no, no. happened to me yeah. for real. Yeah. Crazy. That is crazy. It's fucking insane. I have. Like, yeah. Have you ever seen a microwave with shelves in it? No. No, no, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's great. It's not, but. Like a, it's not even a combo microwave. It's not like, oh, this doubles as a convection oven, uh-huh. which they've tried to do on other. Mi- well, that was a fucking we owned one of those. We owned like a does five things in one. And I actually, you know, this we think yes. the people who like built this thing were actually like Internet pyramid scheme people. Uh-huh. <laughs> So I have a before we we go off on a tangent about microwaves too far or yeah. before we leave the tangent of microwaves. Um, yeah, I remember reading this story. So I just looked it up. There was uh, I don't know when this was. Let's look and just see. So I guess recently um, in Wales, there was this 400 hundred resident village. And for over a year, every morning, the DSL for the for the entire village would go out and um and so this was this was caused by um electrical interference from an old tv set and so like every morning this one resident would basically turn on their tv at 7 a.m and watch some stuff and the internet would just go down until they turned it off (laughs) it's just ridiculous that's insane how did they figure out what the cause was so i guess um they basically at some point some engineers showed up and they had um they were they had some like wi-fi or some frequency analyzers and they were kind of going around like locating the like disturbing frequency and finally they they've isolated it to this guy's house um you know and of course because it was intermittent it's hard to track because you have to like get up in the morning and do it at the time that it happens and um yeah so oh my god that's great life is great isn't it yeah it is it is great i think technology is hilarious too um it is um (laughs) we have this is this is funny for technology so i've been an advocate of bidets ever since i used them in europe like decades and decades ago fantastic right because i'm like oh my god a bidet makes so much more sense and like a friend of ours who actually spent like fuck tons of time in france but doesn't own a bidet in her home yeah was like i don't know about bidets i was like dude if your cat shits on the rug you don't just like pick up the poop and then 
rub it down real good with paper toilet paper (laughs) right like you spray it down and you wash it right she's like that's a really good point and i was like same thing think of your butt as like a really nice rug do you want to just like mash the poop into it and like try Uh and figure out if you've gotten it all by like whatever means necessary or do you just want to take the same route and just fucking wash it off just wash it off and then another friend of ours was like yeah basically if you don't use a bidet at this point you're just a filthy filthy human yes (laughs) coming from him i thought that was hilarious because i didn't even know if he knew what bidets were uh-huh. but it's like he's got like a like a considered position on the matter yeah <laughs> one that's fairly judgmental in fact so <laughs> we have a bidet in our house currently that i acquired before we moved out of the house and then uh-huh. the person who was house sitting for me uh used the bidet and enjoyed it and so it was installed when we got home and as far as bidets go it works great for damon uh huh. Because something about his like anatomy. how he sits, or his anatomy, uh-huh. or just his overall like stature, whatever, uh-huh. works really well with this bidet. No matter how I squirm around or try and angle myself or like uh-huh. zhuzh around on the toilet seat, I can't get it to aim correctly for me. Uh-huh. And if I do try and like fix the situation midway through, um, I have sprayed water all over the bathroom now. Oh, no. So I can't use the bidet in our house. Only one of us can use it. Oh, well. Because for some reason, this particular model just isn't made for me. And I've had like two bidets before this. Uh-huh. And both of them are fine. <laughs> so that's like a unique brand of hell. Trapped in a house. Like, you don't have to convince me to use the bidet. I want to use the bidet. I just can't. <laughs> oh yeah i i mean yeah what a bidet that like i've always wanted like a i've always wanted a a proper like standalone separate bidet unit yeah you know like not a not not something you attach to your toilet which are uh, can be great um well here's the problem with the attachment ones right Uh they're like they your toilet when it comes out of the box from the store is designed to be constructed with the multiple pieces and the seat fits exactly on that toilet yes right when you put a bidet in if you aftermarket them as opposed to buying a bidet right if you aftermarket one of the little like portable ones they attach to your toilet using the like bolts that attach the toilet seat to the actual bowl of the toilet which means that the back half of your toilet seat is elevated like high heels and the front half of your toilet seat is like on the on the 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 rim rim of the toilet and so it angles down towards your knees and Damon was like upset about this and we sort of like struggled with it until because like you don't ever complain about it until you're sitting on the toilet when you can't do anything about it oh, right you're then you're like god toilet. damn it yes yeah and then you forget so the uh-huh. solution was when we were cleaning out the basement <clears throat> and like reorganizing things down there i knew at one point that i had been saving like a jar full of corks and uh-huh. so we just like cut little chunks of cork and then we used e6000 adhesive to glue them to the underside of the toilet seat next to where the little like yes yeah the little feedy things are to hold your toilet seat up to begin with and we just made them a little taller than normal so now the toilet seat's level again yay but I had to do it with cork, which is not like it's like a not a great option for no, something that needs to be sanitized. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to use a very porous material. I mean, it's right. just the two of you right now. It's probably fine, but I yeah, I get it's your point. Fine. Yeah, we're thinking about getting an entire toilet seat that itself is the bidet. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, 
And those are on short supply right now because of fucking COVID, which has yeah. nothing to do with toilets, but right. nonetheless has destroyed our entire supply chain and way of life. So yes. yeah. kudos to that. Nailed it. Um, nailed it. But yeah, we were, we also, so here's the like, that's the intermediary dream for the bathroom remodel uh-huh. is just the, like the, the permanent bidet toilet seat and or like a Toto washlet, which is like a $3,000 toilet from Japan. And they're amazing, and I want one. But yeah. along with that, that's like the upper tier. And if we're going to go with a Toto washlet, uh-huh. then we're just going to redo everything in the bathroom, and we're going to put in one of those standalone Japanese soaker tubs that you can like sit in up yes, to your neck. Yes, I want that. Because we have a floaty tub that's like really wide and deep, but it's yeah. not. Uh, you can't sit upright in it and be totally submerged. So right, right, yeah, yeah. That sounds mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, that could double as the cauldron. Yeah, yeah. See, also reference to former... Former uh, podcast about hexes. Former podcast from modern days. Modern times. Hexes from modern times, yeah. Um, Do you have a tip for living well in hell? Uh, Fucking get a bidet. Get a bidet, yeah, yeah. Bidet your ass. Bidet your ass. That's a good one. Yeah. Live a cleaner, happier life. That's right. Happier for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Get a bidet. Get a bidet. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> bidets are especially great if you live in the personal hell of having hemorrhoids. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I imagine they're really helpful in that situation. So, yeah. tip for living well in hemorrhoid hell is definitely get a bidet. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so good. Um, how about... So... Let's see. Uh, just some like housekeeping. So the podcast is, you know, alive and kicking. People are, I guess, I, I, we're definitely beyond our one audience, as we used to joke about back in the day. We're coming up on like I don't know what episode this is seventy something. Um, we've got uh, ways for you to get a hold of us if you are listening to this and you'd like to send us an email and give us a piece of your mind or complain about some reason we didn't mention something that should have been mentioned or whatever, uh, you can email us. So you can get us directly on our website, fcbm.io. If you go there, we have a contact page and you can see all the contact information. You can email Dana, who is our amazing and super fantastic executive assistant. So Dana at fcbm.io. Yep. That would be her email address. You can get us on Twitter, which is at FCBM underscore IO. And um, yeah, I guess that's like all of our, the end of our commercialization there as far as, I mean, there's not, we're not really selling anything at this point. We might have a book out by the time this podcast goes live. Right. Um, but we'll, once we do that, we'll probably make official announcements. Um, we're going to beat you over the head with that reality. Yep. Yeah, we'll definitely. Um, I mean, hopefully, it's something you'll enjoy. Uh, let's see. Don't forget to wear a mask, wash your hands. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Uh, stomp out fascism. Stomp out fascism. Yeah. 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 I meant to tell you, um, I can't remember if we were talking about it on this podcast or the podcast bef- prior to this one where we're kind of mentioning sexual harassment training videos and stuff. Oh, yes. Having had to go through one recently for a new job, I, um, I, what I realized just yesterday, why the whole video just sat 
with me kind of poorly was that at no time do they mention the concept of consent. What? In a zero. sexual harassment video that's like two hours long? Yeah, zero zero amount of times that I can remember because I think that would stand out because um, they go through a lot of these different scenarios and what you should do, but they never mention the simple idea of just you know, if you're wondering if your behavior is inappropriate or you're wondering about some action you're taking with a fellow human being, you can ask yourself and you can ask them if they're consenting mm -hmm. to what you're about to do. Right. And if they're not, then you can stop and you can really like heavily not stop a lot of the problem. You cannot do it. Be like, oh, yeah. they didn't want that. They're not consenting. So right. that makes it a real big problem. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I just was... I don't know why that See, came up just now, but yeah. This is going to be like a whole, we could do a whole other podcast in the spirit of conference quit it about yeah. fucking training videos that, are, who are these fucking made for? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh my God. One time we had to sit through a sexual harassment training at one of my old jobs. Uh-huh. But because the people who like ran this company were like... Uh, not only sociopaths, they were just sort of like intellectually unhinged, right? Like uh -huh, they didn't, yeah. their shit didn't make sense. It didn't fucking make nothing. They did made sense. Yeah. Anyway, this particular group of people arranged for our annual harassment training yes. to be held at our office. And they had lunch and we all had to crowd down in this room together. Yeah. And these attorneys from the like, uh, these attorneys from the um, company, the firm that was like on retainer and represented our company. Like also that's now that I say that out loud, that's even more suspicious, but uh -huh. like they, this company was constantly fighting off harassment accusations. And while I was there, 10 people from staff quit in the time that I worked there and eight of them successfully settled out of court for claims of harassment. Holy shit. That is fucking insane. Yeah. I think the other two people just didn't even know, like, I don't know. Anyway, it, it was virtually like 100% of the people who left because of some kind of harassment-based complaint got money after the fact. Oh, God. To stay out of court. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we're sitting in the middle of this harassment training. At this point, there's maybe like 30 to 35 people who worked at this company. Now there's like 70. Uh-huh. Um, I'm so I'm told uh, we're, there. All of us are sitting there. It was a very small company when I joined it. I was there for almost a decade. All of us knew each other very well. Tomorrow night, I'm hanging out with two of the people I work with all so, all so many years ago because we're all still friends. Um, and we became friends because we were like, what's happening around us is crazy, right? Yeah, like, yeah. we all agree on this. Yes, definitely crazy. So we're sitting through the sexual harassment training. And at some point, it occurs to me, and I don't know how many other people, but definitely clear as day to me, that the training that we're receiving is actually developed for people who hold managerial or like upper level jobs with this company and not supposed to be tailored for the actual working labor pool because everything they're talking about is advice on how managers and people who run the business can get out of dealing with sexual harassment stuff. And I'm like, you are literally giving the wrong training to this group of people. Uh-huh. Like you are giving us our bosses training and in doing so you are revealing how our bosses feel about yes. the fact that they've been sued basically successfully like eight fucking times right. for sexual harassment. And I was like, Am, should I say something? Yeah. Like, 
and I kind of did the thing where you like give everybody that you trust in the room the side eye like you are fucking you're getting what I'm getting out of this right like they're giving us the wrong fucking training yeah like they're I, giving us the boss training for what to do when someone files a complaint against you yeah when you watch those kinds of training videos you realize it's like the videos almost come across as it's like okay we understand that you are a person who will never stop sexually harassing people around you got it so this is how you need to behave so that we don't get sued yes like not why you might want to stop being a like that kind of person but you're just gonna we know you're gonna continue doing that here is really specific the things that you need to not do so we don't get sued or it's on you not us right yes and then subsequent to like that training in one of my annual reviews yeah we did 360 reviews which are such a scam um in one of my annual reviews they after this training happened they told me that they would have given me a bigger raise if i smiled more and i was like that is sexual harassment we just went over this holy shit I was not one of the people who sued them after the fact. Yes. My leaving, I felt, caused such a disruption to that office and to that culture that it was unnecessary for me to seek personal financial gain as Uh a result of it. Right. And subsequent to my leaving, for reasons I won't get into on this podcast, the CEO was no longer allowed to talk to anyone in the labor pool. (laughs) Jesus. And was subsequently let go. Uh huh. Yeah. What a fucking nightmare. Uh, but yeah, seriously. sexual harassment training. Like we could do, we could do a whole series of training videos yep. of our own. Like we said, we wanted to get into making dumb videos and stuff. That would be we an could. excellent one. Like I, sexual harassment training videos. Yes. Yeah. Or like food service training videos would be another hilarious one that we could do. I feel like we could do a, a sexual harassment video. Like one of the requirements is that it has to be two hours long for um, like in California. It has to be two hours long. I think maybe some other states. Um, yeah. The training. Yeah. The training has to be two hours for upper management, I think. And uh, we could do a training video that's just like it's basically like about two minutes of us basically explaining what consent is and then be like, <laughs> that's it. And then just two hours of us just sort of staring into the camera, like patiently. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Um, Anyway. uh, So good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't mean to like reduce it to that. Obviously there's a lot of nuance and, and, and I understand that some people like the problem with sexual harassment is that it's a cultural issue. And when it's a cultural issue, you don't realize that you are part of the problem because that's what you grew up with. And it's hard to, change things that are sort of less than examined behavior, which we all like, you can't exist. You can't exist with like hyper examined behavior about everything. It's, it's mentally exhausting. You have to be able to do, you know, like your morning routine of like bathing and washing or whatever, brushing your teeth and things like that. It can't be like this constant deliberate decision-making process of everything. Um, And so it's understandable that people end up in that position. It's just undoing that as a cultural shift. Like we all have to do it. Um, right. Yes. So it and isn't. It, yeah. Anything that requires everybody to do the thing at the same time to get it right is like super fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't, I, I like, you know, I deplore sexual harassment. It doesn't mean that the people who are doing it are necessarily inherently bad people. What they've done is a bad thing. 
you know, like I don't, I don't, yeah, I feel like I'm treading on, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to defend that. I don't want to defend people like people who've done yeah. that. That's wrong. And there should be consequences for it. But, um, right. yeah. And the people who, you know, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I felt like I felt really glad at one point in my life that I was in a position where I got to let go of people who were performing sexual harassment type activities on the job yes with the explanation that i'm letting you go because you're sexist that's pretty great like being able to say that yeah that's pretty you fantastic. can't do this anymore because you're sexist and you're a danger to people so right. no we can't have that yeah it was yeah. just great to be able to like actually say it yeah i can imagine well, yeah, so that's, we did another podcast, basically, with barely, I sneeze in podcasts. <laughs> right. <laughs> though, <laughs> though, I imagine some people might argue that these podcasts are not much better than a sneeze, but... Um, that's fine. That's it, fine. You can make your own fucking podcast that's yes, better than our right. podcast. Go do it. We're not stopping you. Every time I think about, like, the quality of our podcast um, content, I just think about... Um, what was that quote you said about uh it was like someone saying their daughter could make a better movie than that or something oh yes so it was john waters yeah john and waters, he was yeah. at a he was at an like a an event uh -huh. for the opening of his movie pecker which um, was about a kid who becomes a photographer uh -huh. and everyone loves his photos and like the art zeitgeist around his photos kind of swallows him up and he loses ownership over his art uh -huh. if i'm remembering it correctly anyway the it was a it was a a classic john waters skewering of something that the art world takes very very seriously but yes. that he considers basically trash right and yeah i love trash like yeah i love john waters i love trash humor i love yes. lowbrow things i love trash in general my whole family's white trash like trash 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 um and so he was at this like movie premiere or whatever it was for pecker uh -huh. somewhat reluctantly and um somebody asked him what his actual opinion about art was like what you know you made this movie and we can like sort of guess from how you made the movie what your actual views on the art world are but like can you tell us like what your views on the art world are and he's like well sure so i can sum it up like this i was at a gallery opening one time and this guy walked up to me as i was looking at a painting and he says to me can you believe this my fucking kindergartner could have done this and i looked at that guy and i said well he should have stupid <laughs> Yes, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that your kid could have made it doesn't devalue the art. It devalues the value of your kid who could have been a genius, but just wasn't. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I just, that's how I totally think about art too. Like, yeah. great. Fucking show up and critique it or don't. I don't care. What did right. you do today? Who yeah. gives a shit? Like whatever. Yeah. No active creation is ever too small. Go nope. make a podcast. Go make a I, podcast. I, I, you know what? I want to dedicate this podcast to all of those other people out there who during COVID made like one podcast episode and then just abandoned it forever because you did a podcast and you yes. were a podcaster. So that's great fantastic. Job. Good job. hundred percent. And yes, behind you all the way. I would like to buy some of your used equipment now that you are no longer in need of it. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, we're definitely in, in desperate need of a, an upgrade in the audio interface department. Right. Um, so soon. Oh my God, the first paycheck is coming soon. And then by God, we will have a new audio splurge. interface in Minneapolis. Yeah, it's yep. going to be fantastic. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so careful listeners, listen for that slight upgrade in quality to Meg's microphone. <laughs> You'll be able to hear my shrill, accusatory <laughs> tone even clearer. In all of its glory in three dimensions. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, oh my God. Can I just share something really quickly? On a podcast this, that you and I there's do? There's this like Sorry. bougie yes. fucking yoga studio on Johnson Street near my house. Uh-huh. And uh, they always put up with, they put up like, they have a little marquee sign that you can slide the letters into so they can change the sign on the, sure. of the building. Yep. And it currently reads, you are a, you are a multi-dimensional being having a three-dimensional experience. And I just want to show up there like high on drugs and slap somebody in the face one of these days for that sign. Right. What the fuck does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. God damn it. Uh, it should just finish with you can tell because of the way it is. You can tell because of the way it is. Also, this is not a three-dimensional experience. It's at least four. At least four. Yeah. It's well at established. Least four. Yeah. It's not fucking three dimensions. Like you don't even know what you're talking about. Oh. Right. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Maybe here's another invention. Yes. A sign that edits for clarity before it lets you broadcast whatever stupid message yes. you're trying to put in your front yard. We need to make this. Put that on the list. We need to make a... This could be part of your programming stuff is we could make something that's like when you when you type something into it, it reinterprets. Mm-hmm. A sign that second guesses or reinterprets your message. Yeah. Yeah. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Got Fantastic. it. Okay. This is brilliant. All right. All right. Thank you for listening and thank you for sticking through to the end after we radically shifted gears and talked about other things for a few moments. Right. Right. Just it's always a, a grab bag with us. Uh-huh. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Good night. Bye. Bye. Whatever. What time is it? I don't know. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> okay. That was great.